why it's already live and I'm talking stuff. <laughs> How are wow. you? <laughs> you just laugh like a drunk old lady. I do. <laughs> I didn't realize we were live. You need you to give me live, more. Like, girl. just wake me up and say, Carla, we're live. Carla, you anyway, are live. I am so alive. Mm-hmm. Welcome to another episode of Market Overdrive. I am your host, residential real estate broker with Cobble Banker. There is a weird light going in here. Do you see the shadows, DZ? Does it matter? No? Because we're not here to talk about lighting or production. We're here to talk about real estate. With me, as always, every Thursday, believe it or not, he makes it out of his cave to come out and hang out with us, my co-host, Nick Mamedi. I feel like I'm trapped in life and I have to be here every ter- Thursday with you. Trapped in life? What are you talking about? You have decisions. Life is all about decisions. And I think our and producers... I, and I don't know how I made this decision to be by you every Thursday, but I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with it. Stick with it. All right. <laughs> with us as well, uh, Mr. Mo. How are you, Mr. I'm Mo? good. Twice a month. Not <laughs> Twice every a month, week. every week, right? You, you kind of saw that See, like what, every week. He's half as crazy as I am. Half as crazy. He's only half as Half as lucky. Oh, thank you, Mo. See, and that's why he is marriage material. You, of course, questionable. He's if the I one had getting feelings. married soon. Yeah, I'm the one getting married. How come you're not getting married? Oh, is no, your, don't say that. Oh, starting that on the show. When are you going to get married, Mo? <laughs> I was just telling the story. My aunt speaks like chopped up couple words of English. Uh-huh. The other day, we're sitting around a dinner table with my dad, and she says in English, Mo, with my girlfriend around, Mo... You're stupid. Why you no propose? Just like that. And I'm like, you could have said that in Farsi. You didn't have to say that in English. Your aunt speaks better English than my aunt. My yeah. aunt says, Maddie, when? <laughs> and I was like, shh. Soon enough. Speaking of choices, women, we also have choices. And with us today, it is Ms. Lindsay. How are you, Lindsay? I am doing Lindsay so Lindsay has well. her last name. <laughs> Shendel. Okay, well, can we say her whole name, Carl? Why don't you say it? Lindy Sh- Lindsay Shendel. <laughs> That's great. Some people say Chanel, which works too. Oh, I like totally. that. Like Gosh, short, I like that. Version. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Honestly, it's thanks, cool. Thanks. Of course, it's great having you on the show. It is, but before we get started, we... We have heard Mo's resume over and over again. Carla won't stop repeating hers to me. And, of course, uh, I've recited mine to everyone's poor ears. We need to know what your qualifications are, how long you've been doing this, and the whole nine yards. Tell us a little about Lindsay. All right. So I also work at Main Street Real Estate Group with Mr. Mo over here. Bonus. (laughs) It is. Um, I've been in the business for five and a half years, and um, I love every second of it. What got you in the business real quick? I was modeling and bartending, and I really wanted to use my brain. So uh, I have no idea what that would be like. Yeah, weird. Um, yeah. Never poured a drink in my life. <laughs> you modeled too, right? Aha, uh-huh. I said you never did. poured a drink. See, he was waiting life. for me to say that. Yeah, yeah. He was waiting for somebody to mention that. That he was used 20 to be years, 20 too. pounds ago, buddy. But, anyways, go ahead. Ditto. Um, so, yeah, just kind of fell into it, got some good mentorship, and, you know, off to the races, selling some real estate. And it's pretty cool. Having it's my a, passion. You started five years ago, so you started. Well, the market was already kind of recovering to it some was, degree, so it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I, I always get really impressed when someone said they got started in 08 or 09. I'm like, wow. I started in 09. That's, that's awesome, dude. Like, Think about it. You started at the absolute worst possible time to get into that industry. 08, 09 were probably the peak of the madness. Wasn't really by choice, though. Yeah. So I just kind of... Couldn't make enough money as a attorney when I got out of law school and got a real estate broker's license to help. So, so it was either being a realtor or valet park. 
right? Yeah. Okay, I get you. And, and if anybody's seen me drive cars, nobody wants Go me driving their realtor. cars. No. Well, speaking of start getting started, the whole show today is about getting started to become a homeowner. Obviously, if you're a renter and you've been renting the whole time in 2017, it's time to actually get started in your biggest investment and probably your most reliable investment over the rest of your life. So who wants to kick off the fun stuff? You or should we have our guests or who wants to get into, you know, starting? Whatever you want. It's all about choices. But as I said earlier, so I want Lindsay to go ahead and give us because you did make a choice to come into the business from, you know, modeling um, to becoming a realtor. And, you know, what what is what part of the real estate business is what fascinates you the most? Honestly, I think it's the flexibility. I, I, at the beginning, I thought, oh, you know what? Make my own schedule until you s- suddenly realize it's, you know, you're you at your beck more. and call of the client and, right. you know, you're filling in their schedules. But honestly, it's it's really, really rewarding to help somebody go from renting and then get, kind of get them into the first huge major purchase of their life and you know, put smiles on their faces and it kind of seals the deal of why I do what I do and makes me feel very fulfilled. Love it. So a lot of people are considering real estate as a career. We're not going to get into that as well here. But um, I want to applaud you for joining Mo. He's great leadership. And of course, you know, again, a great choice for your career path. But today it's about our listeners who may or may not be considering buying real estate in this fourth quarter market. And of course, next year, Um, what would you say to someone that's on the sidelines about buying? Immediately get a pre-approval. I think that sets the tone for the first steps. You need to know what you can afford and just go go with that. Go with Lead with the money, honestly, because that's only that going to set was, you up for... You just took my line. Sorry. That was I was supposed to say that one. That's okay, though. <laughs> lead I with agree the money? With, I agree with you. As a mortgage lender, I'll stick with that one. I agree with her. Get a pre-approval first. I, I agree 100% because what happens a lot of times is... You, I see this all the time with business owners. So a business owners like, hey, I make X amount of money, but they write off a lot of stuff. So you're approved to buy a certain amount of home that your lender tells you you're approved to buy. You don't, and it's tough for us realtors to take somebody out to look at, let's say, a $400,000 home. Then the pre-approval comes back out at three hundred dollars or two fifty, dollars and then you got to back that stuff out of your mind, all the stuff that you saw. So, And sometimes vice versa. You think you're approved for a $250,000 home, and an extra $50,000 is what? It's not two hundred bucks dollars, on your two hundred thirty bucks. Yeah, yeah, a month um, can buy you something so much nicer. So I, I agree, pre-approved first. Now let's just go. I mean, today with technology, in the old days, you absolutely needed to call under first because you know most people didn't even have access to a mortgage interest calculator. You know, it was like kind of a process. What what, what else goes into my payment that I'm not thinking of? Today, everyone's got access to a computer, and you can get a mortgage calculator on almost any website that sells homes or shows homes or whatever the case is. Um, so I think a lot of people have a, a good idea to gauge payment before they even contact us. My advice to people is if you can and you probably should be able to do that without even talking to a loan officer is to kind of figure out your punch list. You can't live everywhere, so you can't put a realtor in a goose, chase, a goose egg hunt um, by giving them 18 different areas, you know, and all sorts of different options to pick from. It's like you got to kind of pin it. Okay, I I think I like the payment of something at 300000 Sure, your loan officer might surprise you a little bit and say, hey, you forgot mortgage insurance. Hey, you got to take this into consideration. Hey, the rate you did your payment on is way below the market rate. So those, those little surprises will turn your payment a little bit. Look at that. We're helping out the lender. And, and the lender's and helping out you guys. helping us out. But before you go shop, you need to know what you're shopping for. Right. Nobody gets in a car and says, I'm just going to go shopping for food. You kind of go there 
with the direction. I'm out of milk. I'm out of this. I need this. I need that. Right. And I think a lot of I've seen some people that I've talked to for the first time where I'm like, oh, God, I'm the first one to talk to you. I wish they actually started with a realtor a little bit. Sure. Right. You know, because like they're rambling all over. I want a four car garage. I want a two car garage. No, it's okay. But what's more important is I need a basement finish. And you're like, okay. But that's kind of the fun part too. I mean, for I a first that. time home buyer, I honestly don't mind because I'd rather show them everything versus what they thought they kind of wanted to stick with. Because you know, at least in Chicago, you have all different types of properties. Be it a mid rise, high rise, single family home. Three flat. I mean, they all come with different types of. You got your HOA fees, which you know you want to live in the Gold Coast. You could be looking at anywhere from eight hundred to a thousand dollars in HOA fees, and right. that alone could be a mortgage payment. And a right. lot of people don't factor that into it. So I think it's really important to show them everything. Yeah, what I like is that typically, from my experience, people already know what they can afford or what they. The most important thing for us is what do you feel comfortable paying every month realistically. Sure. I mean, everybody will say, I feel comfortable paying $200 a month. You're not going to live anywhere with that. But, you know, they usually know that if this doesn't bend them too hard, that's more times than none an automatic pre-approval because we're far more giving in the qualification arena than someone and what they really would prefer to spend. So if I tell a client, you know, that makes, let's say, $12,000 a month, hey, you easily are approved for a $4,000 a month total mortgage payment. I've heard it many times from that same person saying, oh, no, no, absolutely not. I don't want a $4,000 anything payment. Great. That just makes this pre-approval much easier. So I think it's important for people that if they do want to stay within a 2000 3000 whatever that number is, to kind of get an appetite of these are $400,000 properties, these are $450,000 properties, not in this area but this area, and then go ahead and attack a realtor because there's a lot of work after that. Right. So I, I love what you're saying. Both of you are, are, you know, touching on some very important key points. And I think when it comes to the process and the timeline for when someone's buying, you are going to look at pricing as well as location. And I love the fact that, you know, you're like, I'll show them whatever, you know, uh, what's the, all the options, right, to make sure that they find the, the key um, key. I don't know, process or whatever property that they're looking for. So why don't we go back to that location? I know Nick said um, location should be like the first thing that people should really consider because I, I recently had a somebody call me. They found my name on Zillow and they said, hey, I'm from Texas and I'm coming to Chicago and I want you to help me find a two-bedroom, one-bath condo. And I was like, sure, definitely. Where would you like to go? And they're like, uh, in Chicago. I was like, uh, where? What neighborhood in Chicago? Well, I love sports. And I'm like, okay, we can show you United Center. We can show you Wrigleyville. Like, what would you like? Totally different prices right totally <laughs> different prices and i'm like before i even get into pricing right so, park right i didn't even do whole that i'm <laughs> like bridgeport it's getting um, expensive yeah it's getting expensive but it's yeah, not it's like good. being in wrigley oh, yeah definitely so, not like being in wrigley. right so location right i think it, it's a matter so when you're looking to start your process yes please narrow down the location that you like and of course from that we'll we'll identify pricing but um your first step i think for sure should be location and then we move into like the inventory type like you said Lindsay. right there's um there's so many options like condos, homes, uh, two flats. What are you finding that it's the most coveted type of inventory or product that people are looking for in the market um, in this time? I guess it does beg the question, well, what area? Because, you know, you could certainly want a single family home, but you're not necessarily going to find that in River North. Right. Uh, you know, you're going to probably get a high rise there with a higher HOA fee. So, uh, you know, inventory is pretty... Uh, low right now as yeah. well. So you kind of take what you can get in the area that you're looking. But uh, typically my clients are still trying to find that diamond in the rough where they're not paying 
a ton of money for something. So I would say a two-bedroom, two-bath condo is usually something that's achievable. Kind of like your startup point for most buyers these days, two-bedroom, two-bath condo. That does make sense, and it does take us back to, like, the pricing, right? How do we help them identify what they want at the right price? So you are finding that people are still looking for that shiny penny and to lowball and submit lowball offers. I mean, you're also a transacting attorney, Mo. So what are you saying to your buyers when they come to you and you're like, well, it's fourth quarter, so technically market's supposed to be softened. Um, What do you recommend that we do with the list price-sales price ratios? So I tell everybody, a list price could be too high in the summer, it could be too high in the spring, it could be low in the winter. Anytime I have a client that wants a property and they've seen it and they really like it, I tell them I'm going to do a CMA on it, a market analysis, and let them know exactly what I think that property should sell for. Um, And then we can frame our offer. So somebody could be right on the dollar point with a list price and somebody could be way off. And the only way to really know that is to do a market analysis. Now, I get this question all the time. I'll go out and my clients will ask me, hey, what do you think this place is worth? Well, I don't know in that given moment the exact number and I don't want to be far off. So I tell people, whichever homes you like, I'll go home tonight, I'll do a CMA for you and I'll send you the CMA and we'll figure out exactly what that place should sell for because people are going to list high in the winter, they're going to list high in the summer and some people are always going to list right. So Great answer. I I completely agree. I've done two shopping for personal properties. One single family in the suburbs, one condo years ago uh, here around the corner, actually, or in this area. And at the end, I realized, and you'd think somebody with a lot of experience in, in real estate, this should be pretty simple for me, right? But it wasn't. It was actually a nightmare because I was one of those people that I guess I would dread if I was a realtor, where I wanted everything. Maybe because even when you think you can afford whatever you want, you still can't find everything because sometimes the buildings don't exist or the property just doesn't exist that way or whatever. And I, I found myself burning a lot of time, at the end, when I did the condo experience back in 2009, I realized that my number one priority was actually view. Where I wanted the view, the third bedroom, the this, the pool outside, the amenity to have a big gym. I mean, I did everything. So I could never find this one building because not one building didn't have all of them, right? And then finally I had to make a decision, this one or that one or this one. And it was like, well, the, the killer view is here. And at the end of the day, that's what I really, really wanted. It's something that had just a nice scenery uh, and a balcony. This was my end-all decision when I picked it. Same thing with my house. I needed this, that, this, that. And then I realized at the end, when I finally made a decision, it was like location was actually the, the, the suburb that I really wanted to be in was this one. And land. I needed to have some land. Those were the, my number one priorities. And I think too many people don't or find themselves standing still because they can't find all of it. Instead of admitting that you're not going to find all of it, you have to just be happy with, you know, within reason, obviously, but make what's your priority in doing this transaction? Yeah. I mean, you need to identify the priorities so that I think the realtor comes into play to set expectations up front. Um, Maybe what you're looking for is not achievable in the market area that you would ideally like to live in. So kind of comes into play for someone to step in and say, hey, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. But you did mention on the first time we spoke that a view is important. So or a school district, which probably is number one at the very top of those lists. But people will then start to forget it's the school district. Look, they'll go to the neighboring town because this house is slightly bigger and has all those other bells and whistles they were looking for. But they've fallen out of the school district, which is why they started this whole process. Right. And some things are changeable. So 
Location is not. You're not going to move your house to a different location. Lot size is not really changeable unless you knock your neighbor's house down, which some people do. Uh, Balcony, you can't really add it to a lot of buildings. But if your kitchen isn't open, sometimes you can fix that. And I tell people that if your wish list is I want dark floors and the floors aren't dark, well, sanding and restanding them is two bucks a square foot. So you got to pick priorities that you can change and then anything that you can change has to be something you can give on if your price point is one in which you can't have everything. So like you guys have both said, there's some big ticket stuff that you just can't change and you got to know those priorities um, and keep track of them. But some stuff you just, it's tough too. you know, a first time home buyer goes to a handful of homes and sometimes doesn't know what to expect. They've rented a couple times and renters know that in a year they get to move out again. So it's not like they're married to the place, but they go see four, five, six places. And a lot of times they think, well, if I had the kitchen of the first place and the bathroom of the second place and the location of the third, that'd be perfect. It's a matter of kind of bunching as many of those wants as you can into one place. And that's typically the home for you. But I challenge that comment. That's the reason why we're having this show today is – Renters know that in a year they could just walk away and go wherever they want and blah, blah, blah. And it's, that's, they sell themselves on that piece of freedom. However, who says you can't rent your property if you really want to move out? You could. You could. You could. So my, there goes that. At least you're getting something back in return. My rule of thumb is if you see yourself staying put in an area for at least three years, it makes more sense to buy rather than rent and I'll let Lindsay explain some of the benefits of home ownership. But if you're going to see yourself staying put at least three years or you keep the property, like you said, and rent it out, mm-hmm. then it makes sense. Property values go up 3 to 4% every year historically. And when you come to sell a home, you have 5% to 6% brokerage fees. You have some closing costs. So let's say 7 or 8% of cost to sell. You'll make that up in three years so you're not selling at a loss. At minimum, you'll make that up in a couple of years. So I tell people, if you can see yourself staying put for three years, there's a long list of benefits that come with being a homeowner. And I'll let you kind of explain a couple of those. <laughs> well, I was going to touch on maybe the tax benefits, but that's kind of up in the air these days. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So A um, little bit. As of right now, it's still normal. Right. So there are definite tax benefits. You get a homeowner's exemption, which can be, you know, something to look forward to. You build equity, uh, which as a renter, you have nothing. I mean, you're literally giving your whatever it might be, $1,000, $2,000 every month to someone else. And why not be able to invest in yourself essentially by buying a home? So there's no renter's exemption? There's not. I don't get any tax <laughs> breaks for silly. paying rent. <sighs> Maybe you could write off some square footage. If in, I was in president, for an office, I'd let not, you write off your cool. rent, but you're lucky I'm not. But you, 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 one other thing in there, all those are very true, and mortgage interest and all that is a write-off, property taxes. It helps you on your tax turn. In the United States of America, we are the worst savers in the world. We don't know how to save a dollar for the most part. Like If we have a buck, true. we find a way to spend at least 99 cents immediately. So the one beautiful part about our real estate market, all of our real estate, our entire real estate economy, is that it's legitimately a good forced savings account. You know, we have to pay our bills. We have to pay for where we sleep somewhere. Whether you're renting or you own it, you're paying for it, right? Nobody's sleeping for free unless you're living with your parents. Um, And at the end of the day, you might as well have something coming back for you at the end of 20 years of paying, which could be a few hundred thousand dollars in equity. Um, in some cases, it could be 
millions of dollars in equity, depending on where you bought and how you roll those dice when you were purchasing. Um, where renters living freely, 20 years later, turn around and there's absolutely nothing. Nothing. So you're forced to save when it comes to real estate. That's the nice part about it. You're literally, you don't have a 401k, you don't put away anything in your savings account, at least this thing is growing somewhere somehow. More, bil- yeah, go ahead. more billionaires have been made from real estate than any other one You said thing. that on another show, and I, and yeah. I actually held on to that one for a while. It's the, mo- it's the most common factor among billionaires, not even millionaires, among billionaires, is their real estate investments is the, is the big factor. The real estate portfolio, and a lot of a lot of people may argue that you know what about when the market crashes and then values go back to you know decreasing. But you've seen in some of our neighborhoods, right, where the values have in fact, I mean, increased and tripled. And a lot of buyers are saying, "Darn it, I wish I would have bought back then because now I can't tap into that zip code because it's over my price point." Um, so it just it's I think we're talking about over time and encouraging renters from you know stop get off the sidelines, invest in real estate because it seems to be the most uh, legit. Something tangible, you know, it's a commodity that you can touch and you can say, and you can actually use and live in it, um, and then watch it grow and have appreciation over time. And back in the day, it was really hard to become a homeowner because of a couple of things. One, you had to have incredible credit. Two, you had to put a lot of money down. Mm-hmm. You had to put twenty percent down. Was was the norm? Talking the eighties. Yeah, eighties, yeah. even nineties, maybe. But now, when you can put five percent down or three and a half percent down with FHA, you can get a two and a half, three percent credit back at closing. I've had a lot of rent, a lot of renters that turn into home buyers. You got a check back. End up buying with so little down or nothing down yeah. that if they were a renter, they would have paid a first month's mortgage or first month's rent, security deposit, and a second month's rent because mortgages are paid in arrears. Sure. So you basically skip a month. So a lot of times now, you can put somebody in a home for less out of pocket expense than it costs for them to be a renter. So you can have lower credit scores really to become a homeowner, say 580 for FHA, 620-ish for conventional in that ballpark. Nobody is leasing to you in the city of Chicago with a 580 credit score Mm -hmm. unless you have a co-signer because the laws are too favorable to the... Tenants, tenants and landlords yeah. just won't do it. Oh. So it's crazy. They're the looking for seven hundreds to. Yeah. It's yeah. harder to rent in it's certain <laughs> parts of the city than it is to buy it. I think all. No, nobody. Well, there's some uh, parts of the coastline. city that you'll 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 they'll, they'll be a little bit more flexible. But if you're talking about the prime yeah. locations and a prime unit and great views, for example, whatever it is, they're gonna they're gonna pull the seven fifty credit score out of there, and they're gonna pull somebody that has a debt to income ratio that is way below qualification ratios to buy it. So, for example, someone that wants to pick up a $4,000 rent, they're going to take the guy that makes $700,000 a year over the guy that makes $180,000 a year, even though they both can easily afford it, right? Yeah. Renting but is now, ridiculous. You're thinking, you're like, did I just get beat out? I make a ton of money at 180 I could easily pay for this. I just got beat out by somebody? Yeah, because of the competition no logic. Too. Not in buying, not in buying, not in buying a property, though. No, you could just you could your fight is just as good if you got a six twenty going against somebody with seven twenty. It's who wants to pay what for the price? And the seller doesn't get to see that as long as you have a pre approval, and usually doesn't even care as long as he's got a good pre approval, <laughs> right? Gentlemen, we have Jim who made a comment on Facebook. Thank you so much for watching and hanging out with us live on Facebook. We're also on YouTube, so if you want to stream us live there as well, you're more than welcome to do so. Um, Jim said, Mo did exactly that for us. Comprehensive CMA, competitive market analysis on a property we almost bought a few years ago to let us know whether it was listed fairly or not. Um, I didn't so- pay Jim to tune in. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> I pay a lot of people to tune in. So you guys- How about Andy? Go up further. Andy says, can we see that cute Persian guy? He's dreamy. He's dreamy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks, Andy. <laughs> I wanted to get more into the business aspect of oh. it, but okay, we love you, Don. Hey, Andy, get we your see own you boo. love yourself more. 
Don't don't be zooming in uh, on my Persian Nick is bromance. Getting, Nick is getting jealous a little bit. Um, but going back to that, right? A lot of buyers think that you know, what if we overpay because it's a competitive market? There is multiple bidding wars. What happens if we overpay on a product? What do you say to that, Lindsay? Well, I mean, you, you see that a lot, actually, especially when it starts heating up after, I would say, like Super Bowl weekend. Uh, spring market kind of kicks off a bit early, and people, sellers are very motivated at that point to put their property up. And then you see this huge influx of buyers that are really excited as well. And you're walking in, and all of a sudden, what you thought was the perfect house for you, all of a sudden, you know, four other people think the same thing. So... You're getting into this multiple offer situation, and it's kind of at that point, like, how do you set yourself apart from that other offer? And, and, you know, we've seen escalation clauses and things like that, but you almost have to start going above and beyond and thinking of different strategies to get that offer accepted at that point, because everyone's doing an escalation clause. And, I mean, people remove contingencies all day, like not having to sell your house to buy another one, but... What about the appraisal factor? Because that comes into play when you're talking about, you know, is this worth what I'm, I'm, you know, going to pay for it? Because I just want the house, but so do four other people. It's kind of, it's kind of scary. It's kind of completely worrisome. agree, completely agree. And I, that should, you know, like a lot of people are fearsome of the fact that, well, you know, you're just being very aggressive and you're letting me know that I need to make that, you know, write that escalation clause. At what point do we put a ceiling on that? You know, what point do I say I'm not comfortable overpaying for this property? And it may be conceived as overpaying for something, but in real estate, there's a lot of checks and balances. Um, you said appraisal, right? We've seen a lot of appraisals where the appraisals come in lower than what you offer. And at that point, the offers get adjusted. And Carla's, you're an attorney. Carla's grinning at me. Because she a few <laughs> weeks ago got a deal for one of her clients. Oh, you want to go there? They reduced you the start price fighting? thirty thousand bucks. No, I'm impressed. It was impressed. very impressive. And it was like fifty. Do you want to tell everybody how you how you like you had a bet going on between the attorneys and the lenders about how I was not going to be able to get this deal done or what? What was that all about? I, I heard about that post closing. So you like, heard what? you heard an exaggerated version of that okay. by somebody. Javier, um, <laughs> that uh, said we were doubting you. We said it was unlikely that the uh, seller was going to agree after you had already got him down 10% to a $10,000 credit too, but somehow Carla got it done. Uh, it was, uh, we all were doubtful. Carla gets it done. See? Oh, wow. I'm oh, hearing that's it, for me. You hear that? It's a nitro. You you're at the race. It's right? nitro yeah. time. That gets me excited every it's time. nitro time. Car. You do. I see you like twitching. Like getting ready to. You know, How does he twitch, Nick? Twitching. You know all little, of his moves. little Persian here. popping. Yes. Persian popping. <laughs> <laughs> So, that's your question. Obviously, you, you are the guest today, twitch. Lindsay. So we're gonna have to ask you. <laughs> I got my Rain Man twitch. Um, we're gonna have to ask you uh, a nitro question. You don't you don't have to answer right away, but we're gonna give you about ten or fifteen minutes, and we're kind of gonna come back to it probably just before the show's over here. Ooh, Lindsay, I'm excited for you. In the spirit of the topic being, for the most part. I would like to think that most people watching a show like this and why they should finally own a property are first time home buyers, right? So, ignorance is bliss. You can't blame people that don't know things for doing things that they're just not aware are bad or good or whatever, right? With that being said, we want you to tell us what is the one thing that absolutely has you shriek when a client does it so they can avoid it going in. Shriek? Yeah, like shriek. Like you're just like, like (laughs) that you could just do away with it. If you've never heard this again, it couldn't be soon enough. Like that one thing that bothers you the most, the one thing 
that they do so that our listeners that are planning on buying will make sure to try and avoid doing that That's to a nature. tough nitro is, question. Is, I wasn't like even focused on the question as much as your weird faces day. It's just like weird Twitch day, Nick. There's some un- <laughs> artificial brown on your skin today. <laughs> So I don't even know what that color... That doesn't look like a tan from like a vacation or a tanning booth. What you got going on is a whole other story. So back to what I said. Oh, God. If you could do with it so our, our listeners can make sure they don't do this to their next agent and put them through what we would consider work hell. Oh, God. What is that one thing that uh, you would tell that you can't stand when people do to you? Do you want that now? No, you can wait. We'll come back to you in 10 <laughs> okay. minutes. All right? You can mull that one over. All right. Let's go back to my back fight to you and about your brown appraisals. Face. Appraisals, right? So appraisals. It get, it's getting to the point where after negotiations, you're said and done, you've negotiated credits. And in this particular case, it was a three flat in Berwyn, and we got an amazing deal. Um, it did get 10% low list. A lot of people say I talk fast, but see what happens when I speak really fast. I confuse the other realtor, and they're like, just shut up. Fine, we'll get to you at that price. Because you annoy them. <laughs> she annoys you. Carla where I will annoy the crap out of your good deal. <laughs> so I get it. I kept saying, okay, where's the appraisal? And then the appraisal came in um, where they were not considering the third fl- the third unit as a third unit. It was legally zoned a third a three flat. And I'm not going to say too much because the realtor may be watching the show. Um, but- too late. They can't take it back now. <laughs> right? Um, so then they did some crazy math and the, the appraiser like just said, oh, we weren't counting, counting square footage, what have you, right? So at the end of the day, I was like, okay, just, you know, punch me in. Like, let me in. Like, what? where are we so I can talk to the other realtor and get it done? Typically, a lot of realtors are going to say, let the attorneys handle it. And I said, well, okay, let the attorneys handle it. But first, when we did the negotiations at the forefront, because I am a listing agent and I, and I get it when I'm on the, on the listing side, I said, I want to make sure that during attorney review, we stipulate that we are going to adjust the price right? That's what was my saving grace. Um, we're going to adjust the price to appraise uh, fair market value. And also credits will not be, you know, affected. affected. So if it gets adjusted by 50,000 and 50,000 minus that 10,000 I was getting for closing costs. And so we got to that point because the market is so, it's so crazy. You almost want to protect your, your you always want to protect your buyers and make sure that you have those stipulations. So when Lindsay said, you got to get creative, you know, you get creative when you're aggressively buying and you're like, fine, I'll pay you because I know there's multiple offers. But you make sure you protect your client's best interest by using uh, all sorts of, of addendums. And that's where Mo came in. He's like, well, I don't know. It doesn't matter that we have that document because technically, <laughs> what were you saying? Well, they could have. There was a couple different reasons they could have terminated, but luckily we did have that in the attorney review letter, so it put a little bit more pressure on him, and it got done. And then Carla Carla. just called and made sure they never got (laughs) off the phone until they said yes. I was like, it sounds they did agree. So again, there's a lot of checks and balances in real estate. So don't get like overwhelmed with the process. You know, there's no such thing as overpaying unless, of course, you're buying cash. And then, but then you could also say, I want. There's no such thing as overpaying. How are you overpaying when you're financing a loan? Are you guys, are, as a lender, are you going to approve a property that doesn't appraise out? Uh, well, no, you, I think you fixed that at the end when you said, if you're, unless, of course, if you're buying cash. I just now processed that. Oh, process slowly today. Sorry, slowly. Fast. He does speak fast. <laughs> I go fast. One of the things that I've seen people kind of 
wave to try to win a property, especially in condos, is either go as is, obviously, because as is doesn't mean you can't do an inspection. It just means that if you find something, you're going to take it subject to that stuff. And especially in a condo, not a lot's going to go wrong with your condo. I've even seen people waive inspections in condos that are like a one bed, one bath, and they bring you know Uncle Jimmy the contractor through and he says, ah, it's okay. I would not suggest that in a single family home. There's just too much that can go wrong. I bought a house uh, from family without an inspection, and I have quite a few headaches on my hands. But um, you can go as is sometimes because as is still gives you the opportunity to walk away if you find something wrong. But it's one less thing the seller has to worry about, so your offer becomes stronger. Yeah, and for those people that are buying for the first time, they do an inspection. This is not like buying a brand new car where you find every little scratch and you're going to expect that to be fix before you move in. Seller doesn't have to do a lot of this stuff if they don't want to. They're willing to just walk away too. You know, so it's not like you, they owe you anything. However, when you get an inspection report and you see some things and dings on there that need to be touched up that you would like to be addressed, more times than none you'll get a credit. Right? Mm-hmm. More times than none in that situation, the credit is usually far and above and beyond what it truly would cost to do it. I've seen it like that for the most part. So, for example, there's a small hole in a roof that might cost 1100 bucks to fix. It's not uncommon for it to be a $2,500 credit. It's happened. So to, you might want to invite those things in some occasions as a bonus versus looking at them as a negative, ne- something negative and forgetting your number one priority moving in again, which is maybe school district or whatever it was. You you hit that right. You're not going to get everything back and there's no perfect home. Even new construction is going to have a punch list. Right. Um, I tell people, if it's something you think the seller might do on the cheap, ask for a credit back and do it yourself once you move in. If it's as easy as changing it like a GFCI outlet or something that they can't do on the cheap, maybe ask for them to repair it. That's my rule of thumb. But it's always as is, is as is, and I really dislike it when people go back and say, okay, but, you know, Lindsay, do you see that a lot? You're shaking your head. Like, right? Doesn't it get annoying? You're, I, we bought it as is because we wanted to beat the competition, but now we want to go back and nickel and dime the seller. It's just, I don't know. I, I find it rude. And Or you know what I, I hate the most is what agents practice, because, again, I, I do a lot of listings, is they'll submit the offer, be the highest and best, and it's a very juicy, like, hefty offer, and you're like, whoa, we're, okay, we'll take it. But then they'll do the inspection and accept an as-is clause, but then go back and adjust your office by uh, offer. I'm sorry, by fifty to sixty thousand. You're like, really? You just wasted my time because I took your offer because we thought you were willing and able, and now you're just like not willing and able. Because really, what's going on? So I always, I always frown upon that when people are trying to get get sneaky with with the comps to like winning multiple bidding wars. Right. But gentlemen and lady, let's go back to our original uh, commentary about like the timeline and the process for buying. I know that we were talking about like what makes a property unique, what makes it, you know, what drives people to buy these properties. Nick, you mentioned something about buying for views. I think that, you know, sellers also pay attention because when buyers are buying, they're looking at that specific something in your property that they really love, right? So some people are looking for hardwood floors only. Some people are looking for balconies in, in the condo category or somebody in a single family may want that, spe- you know, that separate dining room so always find that unique you know part of your property that's going to sell but if a buyer is looking for views obviously there's only specific areas in Chicago that you know make certain views right so we have to understand the different pricing do you kind of have an idea of uh, Lindsay of what you know what we can get for you know like in the different areas the best views in Chicago where one can find them well I guess that's 
you know, in the eye of the beholder because a view could be, are we talking a lake view? Are we talking you just want to be high up and see a bunch of buildings? I mean, river view, to me, my view of my backyard is just as good as staring at the lake. So it's kind of uh, to be determined per the buyer. But yeah, I mean, pricing does come along with that. I think the higher the floor, generally you can expect to pay more in a high rise. Every floor is another like, let's say, for example, 10, like 15,000 per floor. It. Yeah. It's like, oh, here we go. And then you talk penthouse, like, woo. Mm. Right. So when pricing, make sure that you understand the logistics that, you know, that follow this particular, you know, thing that you want item or want that you want in your checklist. Obviously, a higher floor, a view east facing in Chicago is very expensive. Um, we have some really cool buildings in the city of Chicago, that 2800 North Diversity building that has an amazing view of the lake and Lincoln Park. I think by far my favorite building. Have you ever been in there? Mm-hmm. And uh, Lincoln Park, right? And then there's is really close to the Gulf. Anyway, so, you know, just depend. It depends on where you're going to be shopping. Like you said, you know, your view of your backyard could be amazing. It's very um, But understand that there's logistics with when it comes to parking also uh, pricing but parking also in the city is something that's going to add more more value to your property and when shopping if you're if you have that in your list that's something that's going to demand a little bit higher pricing do you agree mo yeah, I mean, you're talking to a car guy who is renting oh, four, Lord. four spots. So I, can fit my <laughs> I want a ca- I want a place with five garage. parking spaces. So what about the person that you got those OCD people that want to have the perfect timing on everything, right? They're like, when's the perfect time to buy? What about those that are just like they've kind of packed it in and said, screw it, I'm just going to keep renting because the best time to absolutely buy was probably somewhere around 2013 or 12 maybe when the rates were at the absolute low but the property still hadn't skyrocketed yet. So, what about that person? Well, why don't you just you know forget it? I missed the boat. I missed the best deals. Now I'm paying like top dollar essentially. Every market when it's stable is top dollar for the property and blah blah blah. What because you're not a psychic and you missed that boat already and it's come, it's gone, and that's it. And you're still going to be paying rent right now. Rent rates are keep going up. So mm-hmm. the rent rates in 2013, if you were a renter, are very different than now. So purchase prices have gone up, but so have your rent. So. Um, you know, renting made sense when you could get a place that would have had a mortgage taxes assessments for twenty three hundred at seventeen hundred. But right now, when you look at equal condos and it costs more to be a renter than it does to have a mortgage taxes assessments, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So mm-hmm. rents keep going up just like home prices are going up. So on the timing thing, I always tell people you gotta spend some time looking for homes. Um, you know, when your rent is coming up when you're about to resign a lease, don't wait till a month before you want to resign your lease to start looking for a home. Take a little bit more time than that. How long do you typically want your buyers to start looking? Uh, want? Uh, if I could have it my way, it would be a month before. But yeah, six months could be kind yeah. of that sweet spot. I think six months now just because there's not a ton of inventory. Right. But yeah, because otherwise we're going crazy. Like we have to buy something. I mean, remember, it's going to be 45 days to get it closed um, because of financing and all that jazz. But yeah, for sure. Speaking of something you want your buyers to do, we got to come back to a question we asked you. What is it something you absolutely don't want your buyers to ever do to you? Yeah, so Give my pet peeve is actually we had just spent a good chunk of this topic which i was going to say is inspection just chill out like chill out you don't need <laughs> let to it love out. her let it out this is exactly what we're looking for <laughs> like get her upset so 
I know you want all of the smoke detectors replaced, but mm-hmm. anything under like $100 or $250, so just like leave it off. Like, yes, it all adds up, but that could be a nice closing gift. I could get you some new smoke detectors. We don't need to freak out about that. I think buyers, first-time home buyers, they go nuts over the little things. and That's the peeve you would do away with. Yeah, just you know what? The nitro question has been answered. <laughs> Great That's question. a good peeve. He was actually nice with you. Like, it was kind of like a whatever one, right? It was a, uh, wow, you're being nice nice, to Lindsay. Well, you know, (laughs) she's new and I've just met her, but next time she comes on, we'll give her a much more difficult (laughs) Nitro question. Don't you worry. I I conditioned her. I was like, it's probably going to be pretty bad. And then you made it really nice. I don't know. Someone I know, said something about embarrassing moments, and I was I can't use the same question over and over again. I mean, I got to- Yeah, you got to up your game. It's- Really? How yeah. about you do the nitro questions from now on? No, I do enough. You really? <laughs> really? You intro the show and then you walk away lately. You're on your phone, you're doing whatever you're doing, you're Are reading you Facebook messages. Are you complaining about me? I'm not reading Facebook How messages. How dare you I'm criticize my nitro questions? I'm not Okay, let's move on. Anyway, we have a question actually. Um, somebody sent this to us. <laughs> um is a ba- going back to values and how we assess values on a property and how it affects values because you know a lot of people buy properties and then they start mo- making modifications like I recently had a buyer ask me so what if we turn in this you know third bedroom into a master bathroom and I was like you're going to de- you know <laughs> lower the value so make sure you put it back when you're done using the property and you go back on the market because you always have to buy and think about the resale having said that the question is is a bathtub really an added value to a home seems like a walk-in fancy shower seems like walk-in fancy showers are on the rise these days what are your thoughts on that mo let me start with mo Lindsay, just because i know you started work you you're you're rehabbing your current home correct i am so what did you decide to do i have more than one bathroom so oh, i'm gonna have god some, <laughs> excuse me i'm Let's gonna have go some walk-in the- some tubs <laughs> some more tubs um i think if you have one I think a tub makes some sense, and I'll tell you why. Because people typically who are buying a place that has one bathroom might be having their first kid or planning on having a kid. They're young professionals. And babies, I don't have a baby, but babies typically want But you a have bath. a dog. Your I dog wants a dog. Can you give dog. your dog a sh- like a no. right with the, in a shower? You can wash your dog? He's 130 pounds, so okay. he's not going Forget in a bath. It. Forget it. Um, but I would say if you have one a tub makes sense, but if you have multiple, yes, people love having a nice big walk-in shower with, you know, um, a shower head coming out of the ceiling and multiple body sprays. I like taking baths. I'm a guy who takes baths. I take Epsom salt baths, so I need at least one tub. Did he say he takes bath? I did. Did you even catch that, Nick? He's <laughs> yeah. I, I was waiting know, for grief from him. What I want to know takes- is, do you or do you not have an espresso machine in your master bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink coffee. You do not have a nice home then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we had somebody on the show, and they told us they they did a lot of luxury real estate, and they said that. They've seen espresso machines in the bathrooms. That's fancy. I'm like, wow, that's a whole nother. Mm, mm, mm. That and a heated toilet seat. That's it. Got you it. own the world. You're so weird in life. Does anyone ever I tell am you that? Weird for the 45 minutes that we. And look at that. Wait, can I? I have. We are Sheena. almost done with the 45. I gotta mess minutes. with with Mo because we have people thinking he's dreamy. He's got dreamy eyes and all that stuff. He feels His fine. sister Bubble says. He feels sister didn't say that. From what I have <laughs> learned from my brother in buying a house and fixing one, be patient. The right one will come along. Thanks for making me wait for the right one, bro. Bro. 
That's so sweet. Oh, did uh, I read that wrong? Bruh. <laughs> bruh. <laughs> I love bruh. it. Tons of love for you out there. My sister's very sweet. I can't And compromise. Off. Not compromise. everything is going to be exactly what you wanted to initially, but you can fix it. That's all about life. It's compromise. Mm-hmm. Find something that you want and compromise. Shout out to my sister for taking time off to listen. She's a veterinarian, so she's between... Okay. Giving shots to doggies and so she right now is risking the life of a cat somewhere and she's yeah. watching you instead. Yeah, watching us. That's just horrible. <laughs> Look how important we are. You are so important. You are so important. All right. Well, we're wrapping this up, and I just want to go through, um, go again. What is the one piece of advice you will give to um, those who might be looking to buy a home in 2018? I feel like I can't improvise anymore. Nico has this on like a tight like. I don't pay attention to that. This thing right here. This <laughs> Nico, <thing>? bro, <laughs> I never read it. But this is actually a good question. So I love you, Nico. I want you to know, Nico, that I do appreciate you. And I, I miss you. <laughs> and my privileges have been taken. You've been cut I'm off from very, the marketing department. I'm not very I know happy. That. But you're thank like you. That tenant, you're like that guest that comes over and never goes home. <laughs> I said you can sleep over a night or two. You can't stay here for life without paying rent. I will get them back. I don't care. Ah. You and I won. Anyway, what piece of advice would you give somebody going forward in 2018, Lindsay? That one thing you would say, hey, when you start shopping in 2018, I want you to consider that and think about me. I would say that just to cater to maybe a millennial uh, crowd, perhaps, that nothing has to be permanent and you do want to earn equity in a home or a condo and you can always have the option to rent it out. That is not as big of a deal as you might think it is. Look at that. Talking, speaking that language, right? Mobility. How about you, Mo? Same. I mean, don't buy because you feel as though – don't not buy because you feel as though it's going to get you stuck. It's not going to make you stuck. It's going to give you more freedom. It's going to build more wealth. And truly, it does not make sense to be a renter anymore. So start early enough so it's not the last 30, 30 days leading to the end of your lease. Start six months, five months out. Um, but buy. Renting makes no sense anymore. Carlamino. Bit of advice. I was going to ask you the question. I close the show out. You no, gotta go I'm going to close the show out. I already have new rules here. See, close Carla closes out. Anyway, I have advice for sellers. Um, anyone looking to bring the property back on the market January or December, I always say take photos early on, right? Because right now it's so pretty with the leaves. It is so cute. So if you're going to put the property on the market later on when it's snowing and not a lot of people like snow, including me, um, I would say do your photography. Call your favorite realtor and get those photos shot now so that you can get that property on the market and you have really cool photos to showcase your exterior of the home. Um, as far as buyers, it's never the wrong time. Of course, and you're thinking because we're salespeople and we're you know we're out there in the trenches and we're selling real estate but again um you know it's the best thing to do when with respect to building wealth and building a portfolio it's never the wrong time to make an investment it's a lot like health it's never a wrong time to start eating and dieting healthy right it's just not it's never a wrong time to start making money and i always say this to my investor clients right fourth quarter is the best time for acquisition slow markets maybe um motivated sellers you could get something for a good deal and then fix it bring it back in the market back in the spring when all your buyers are buying who are going to be financing and can pay a premium because they're not buying cash like you are my bit of advice for everybody is find yourself a good agent and find yourself a good team to work with so that the process could be a little bit less painful than it than it probably will be it's a nerve-wracking experience when you take the whole process in the totality of you know, you're taking out big debt, you're buying a property that seems like it's permanent. I mean, there's a lot of feelings that go through a first-time homebuyer's stomach. Um, but that could be 
simplified with a good agent. And how do you find a good agent? You call or a loan them. officer. You send in your email to info at Market Overdrive or hit us wow. up on Facebook. We are at Facebook forward slash Market Overdrive or Twitter at Market Overdrive. And, of course, you can follow us on our podcast at WGN. And Lindsay. We good now. Lindsay. Come on. You should have said Network. that. Own that. Call Lindsay. Call Lindsay. <laughs> hey, and this show, obviously, will be cataloged on our podcast at Market Overdrive. At YouTube, on Market Overdrive, and last but not least, it'll be on the podcast, uh, the WGN Radio Family Podcast. So, with that being said, thank you, Lindsay, for being our guest today. Mo, we will see you again in about 14 more days or so. <laughs> Seven. Seven on, more days week. or so. <laughs> thank you all for listening. We'll see you next Thursday at 2 o'clock.